This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Families in the ICU. Um... It's a challenge to have that within 10 minutes, um, particularly if we want to discuss the optimal care to our parents in the pediatric and neonatal intensive care. Um, but first of all, those uh, articles coming by from, uh, from our team, uh, we have no conflict of interest to declare. So I'll challenge you a little bit for the ten, next 10 minutes. What do we do? Where do we do it? When do we do it? And, but then also, how do we measure it? What we actually do? Um, you might have seen the opening session. There was one slide by Jean-Louis Vincent, which has a hilarious reaction by the audience. And Linda came with almost a similar picture. And I'm the third one already here because one is family. Um, yes, indeed. In Holland, we consider family the family unit. And then if a dog of a child is so close, we don't reject. I'm out. That's the difficulty. How do we define family? There's more. Um, there's grandparents and siblings, but let's concentrate a little bit on family and then the family-centered care issue. And there's one definition I very much like because it has the concepts in it, involvement, participation, partnership, empowerment, and negotiation. I think these very strong concepts we should keep in mind when we work together with the parents in our unit. However, I must admit that traveling around is it has major um, cultural implications around the world. Because what do parents want at the end in, in, in Southern Europe, in Africa, in Asia? Because um, I have a program in Asia and China already for a couple of years, and I call it the biggest, the largest children's hospital of the world. That's in, Ch in Changsha, 1,400 <laughs> beds in a children's hospital. Um, they just recently starting family-centered care programs there, but I told them, so well, just open the door because there were no visiting policies at all for parents in the critical care units. Having said that, and looking at the definition, we all know indeed that the principles of family-centered care are, but there's evidence around there, out there, that we do simply not work according to them. And there's a discussion, the editorials we, we had a couple of years ago about it. So just a little bit of perspective from the neonatal intensive care in Europe. Uh, you see the diversity already in Europe, where in Sweden, Denmark, UK, there's uh, the gray bars is allow both parents for 24 hours, and then the, it goes down to 24 hours, and visiting dur duration is unlimited, so they can stay as long as they want. Visit duration unlimited and no other restrictions, whatever comes in. Whatever they ask, it's allowed. And visit duration unlimited, no other restrictions, and visit allowed during medical rounds. So the Scandinavian countries are pretty liberal. Uh, yes, in Holland, meanwhile, we have it on 100% here. But even during rounds, it depends on what your definition of a round is, because we don't do rounds, bedside rounds anymore in the neonatal department. We have it all electronically. We've got all the files in a closed room together, multidisciplinary. multidisciplinary. Um, so just not to disturb the noise in the unit. Um, that was our sort of major vision. But I mean, you go more down to Spain and Italy. 
um, then you see already enormous difference if the units in those southern European countries open the doors for parents. So parents during rounds, are there mac, uh, facts and myths? There, there is gradually coming more evidence avail available that they look at what's the implication if we invite parents during rounds. It is associated indeed with a single unit uh, ICUs and uh, multiple bad uh, units. Uh, single bad units, mostly people would say, our colleagues would say, the privacy issue is not there anymore. But on the other hand, uh, last year I had a lovely discussion in the nursing and critical care about privacy and confidentiality. I think it's, it's, if you go, for example, to the waiting room and sit there for one hour, you will listen parents talking the full medical records to each other. So is privacy really an issue for us? The evidence, the current evidence, there are a couple of uh, papers available that 5% 5% of parents would give it an issue. The 95% privacy in the ICU is not an issue for them. So it's, 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 it's a myth for us. Uh, length of time, presence has no effect on the length of time of the round. Uh, privacy, I already dis discussed, and teaching, it reduces teaching time. Well, it's not, it's not true. If you look at the, the rounds where the parents are present and you have clear guidelines that listen, uh, mom and dad will come back after the round with you, we have questions and answers, or if you have one question, that's fine, a burden question, but it's mainly for teaching and having planning our daily care plan, then it really, if you communicate that to the parents, it really is not a matter and it doesn't extend the, the length of time. Another very controversial issue still in Europe as well as, uh, as in other parts of the region of the world is do we allow parents during CPR of the child, yes or not? The question is not if we allow, but we, how do we do it? How do we guide actually the parents? And are we, are we the responsible person to exclude parents during the last possibly hours of the, a child's life? And if you look at the position statement here, as it, we think that indeed this group, that parents have, or patients have the right to be there. And also that patients' family members should be offered the opportunity, so not excluded. But then we would say support should be given by a proper qualified healthcare professional. So you see, it's not that you should do it tomorrow, but if you do it, do it well defined and that your team is ready for it. End of life, Linda already addresses a, a few things. How does it relate to our parents? Where do other parents involved? How often are they involved? Are they involved in final decision making? Yes and not. And then our study we've done in Europe just a couple of years ago is that for in a four month period, there were 409 consecutive children died in 45 uh, PICUs. So in 86% of the cases, a staff meeting was organized, just only a staff meeting without, without the parents. But then, if you look at the final decision-making, physicians were the primary, but little involvement in all these cases with the parents in the final decision. So now you have an issue, because um, do parents really want to be the final decision? And would we allow that? There's little available, not that much, what the consequences is on the long term. I always refer back to my mother where in the ICU when the physician comes in and she said, well, we want to stop the treatment. 
I was sent back to my family because, yes, I was a healthcare professional. And then we discussed with my family, my brothers and sisters, and we decided, yeah, let, let it go. Let it, it's fine. I mean, quality of life, blah, blah, blah. Three months later, nobody asked me how I felt because I felt that I killed my mother. You see, I mean, there is available uh, evidence now currently in the adult intensive care where, where they suggest actually you should start as soon as possible, get to know what the wishes, the needs are for the family members, and then decide on the road in these difficult decision makings what the role of the parents is. So do we know what parents want, yes or not? We look at it in, in Holland in all our, our eight PICUs, and just a couple of examples. In a questionnaire with a scoring system 1 to 10, so 10 was very important, extremely important, parents are informed about adverse effects of the medication and correct medication at the right time. Parents found this more significantly more important than uh, us nurses and physicians. Well, now, this is possibly a time frame issue because the time we've done this survey, it was a big issue in the national newspaper. We had a couple of medical errors and patients died. So that could be influence. See, I mean, the influence of the media it, about what parents want and uh, is, is definitely, um, we can't influence it, but it, there is a factor about the media. In neonatology as well, same, same issues and that we use another skill, one to six, but then still um, parents find the medication more uh, significantly and more important than the professionals. But also the moment of discharge is not influenced by bed capacity. You possibly know, I mean, you need a nice U-batch, so you throw your best patient out to the ward. Parents don't want that. Um, caregivers stimulate parents to stay close to the child procedures at, during procedures and tests. That's what we do, but parents do want it very badly, found it more important. So at the end, if, if you want to measure what we do, family-centered care issues, is then in our unit, uh, well, actually in all units in neonatology and PICU in the Netherlands, we've done, we had had an empathic um, um, uh, program where we said family-centered care domains were actually related to information, communication, care, cure, organization, parental participation, and the professional attitudes. And we think we need to know their experiences, which are influenced by the demographic variables, social, cultural background, and others. So at the end, we think we should need the, our parent satisfaction outcomes and learn from them. From these outcomes, currently in the neonatology, we have a quality improvement project. So it's actually, it's a model that, that it circles around into a quality circle as well. So just to finish up and state uh, that parents are indeed not visitors in the ICU. So thank you very much for your attention. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.